Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I was out looking at a car dealership. One of these days, get another car after eight years or whatever. And I went in the car dealership and talked with a guy. And, well, he comes to Calvary Chapel. And before I left the dealership, two more salesmen. Hey, Pastor Mark, how are you? Place is just filled with Calvary Chapel people. How does that happen? Well, it's because you're inviting people. You're telling people they're coming. And they tell a neighbor and a friend. They're like, well, what happens when a teacher does that? What happens? They go, yeah, yeah. God's word is amazingly powerful. It's able, with the Holy Spirit, to bring people from spiritual death to abundant spiritual life. But if it's not used, it's just words on a page. So how do those static words become the useful instrument God intended them to be? By someone with the gift of teaching bringing those words to life, that is. Pastor Mark's message today will focus on the gift of teaching. You'll hear about what a teacher is and does and the personal character traits that you can expect to see in a person that God's gifted in this way. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues his series, Motivational Gifts. We're all different in the body of Christ, aren't we? And all through our town and all through our world, it was a beautiful thing to see people come to church and the Episcopal and the Baptist and the Catholic and whatever. It's a beautiful thing to see people come to church and worship our Lord and our God. And when we get to heaven, we'll have all those mixes together and man, oh, that's going to be great. We've been studying, as you see there in Romans 12, where you've turned, the motivational gifts that Paul gives us. Remember, every Christian has a primary gift, but it's mixed with at least one other, sometimes more than that. But there is one that will rise to the top, but there are other mixtures of those gifts as well. Now, with every one of these gifts, what we're doing every week, those gifts must be operated in balance in my life and in your life, because there's always a strength to those gifts And there's also weaknesses, and we present those each week, so it'll help us a little bit. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. Those are the two we've covered so far. If it is teaching, it's very complicated here, simply teach. Now, if it's serving, serve. If it's teaching, teach. So here's the gift of teaching. You can write the definition down if you're taking notes. I encourage you to do that. The gift of teaching is the God-given ability to clearly communicate the truths 
And here's a, a big part because it's a weakness often with a teacher and applications of the word and in such a way that others will learn. So it's not just teaching, going and teaching. There's a goal with it. The goal is that people will learn. Now, the Greek word for teaching in the Bible means to instruct. You don't need to write this. Clarify, elucidate, illuminate, simplify, illustrate. So that there is communion, communication, and understanding. So, when we speak of a teacher in the little body of Christ here, our Mr. Potato Head, that the teacher is often equated with the brain. It's the thinker. It's that, it's that brain part. Remember the servant was the hands and the prophesying person was really the mouth. They're always talking. They're always involved. The teacher is talking, but more of it comes from that brain or the mind of the body. Now, one of the things you have to understand as we go through this, you have to be careful not to mix the gift of teaching with the profession of teaching. And I'll talk more about that in just a moment. They're not exactly the same. Can be, but sometimes not. Now, for the person who has the gift of teaching, they're, they're as we'll go through the points, they're logical. They, they see themselves not only as teachers, you're going to see in a moment, but they also see themselves as learners. You can't separate it. A teacher that isn't learning, pretty soon you don't want to listen to the teacher anymore. Because the teacher gets prideful, has nothing fresh to give you, and no longer really communicates. They may be doing the same amount of teaching, but they've lost the goal of communicating to people because it isn't fresh. Now, teachers are concerned for the truth of God's word and love to proclaim it, but it also must be explained. So there's a proclaiming And there's an explaining. And it's a hugely critical area in the church today. Now, what motivates a teacher? These are the motivational gifts. What motivates a teacher? Very simple. People with a gift of teaching are motivated by having people understand the truth. So, a teacher can... Here's what happens. A person with the pure teaching gift... And I'll try to share with you as I go through the mixture of gifts that I believe I have. I do have partly a gift of teaching, but you'll see later, I have also a mix of an encourager, an exhorter. A pure teacher without the application is a very difficult place, typically not very effective in a pulpit. Much more effective, for instance, like in a Bible school where there's this one-way kind of communication. But notice this. If a teacher's goal is that these students, Bible students we're talking about specifically, classroom, parent, we'll talk big about parents being teachers, and specifically here, a teacher is very encouraged as he sees people getting it, as she sees people going, mm-hmm, 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 they know, I got it, but not only getting it in here, but getting it outside of here, and that encourages me. And the way I know you get it quite often is because you not only got the message, but you followed through with it. I was out looking at a car dealership. One of these days, get another car after eight years or whatever. And I went in the car dealership and talked with a guy. And, well, he comes to Calvary Chapel. And before I left the dealership, two more salesmen. Hey, Pastor Mark, how are you? Places just filled with Calvary Chapel people. How does that happen? 
Well, it's because you're inviting people. You're telling people they're coming. And they tell a neighbor and a friend. Well, what happens when a teacher does that? What happens? They go, yeah, yeah. Now, what can really discourage a Bible teacher? Just that. (laughs) You guys were perfect. No response. Is he going to quit? He has a very simple question. And there's like, like a deer with the eyes in the car. What the bright in the car here? I talked about cars. Is that what happened to you? You guys were thinking, what car am I going to buy now? Whatever. <laughs> Come on back. Come on back. Now, it really doesn't discourage a teacher one time, but if over and over and over again they go. And this is why it's very hard for people, for instance, in Europe, England, Scotland, Ireland. You know, when you teach there, it's not numbers of people, don't get me wrong, but if you're teaching there and there's 25 people, and a year from now there's 20, that's hard. It's not the numbers, it's like, is nobody getting it? And they get discouraged. It's easy to get that way. So we'll see the motivation comes from people going, I got it, I got it. And not just got it, but they follow through. Now, let's see if this sounds like you, if you're a teacher. I enjoy research projects. I try to analyze everything. I love the study. Any pulpit preacher, his wife can tell you, that one right there, where's your husband? A studying. It's a given kind of a thing. I enjoy helping others learn. Now, here's something that I want to challenge you with. Sometimes when we think the person with the gift of teaching is just here publicly in our Sunday school area, when we're talking about the Bible. But no, a person with the gift of teaching are useful in the children's ministry, the adult ministry, one-to-one discipleship. Is there teaching going on there? Huge teaching going on there. By the way, we need more one-to-one disciplers. If you'd like to get involved in that, we'd love to train you. We have all these new Christians that came to the Lord. Lots of them need one-to-one discipling. By the way, anybody read a good book recently? That's not a loaded question. There's lots of good books. You're already done reading mine. Can a person with the gift of teaching be a writer? Absolutely. And you learn terrific from that. Now, as you listen to our musicians tonight, did they teach you anything about worship? Sure they did. Not just from their words. But Jimmy and Amanda and Pastor Dean work with their what? Their faces. They're enjoying worship. You see that. And that helps to teach you to worship. So don't forget there's all these things. Drama, public teaching, parents, classroom setting. Now, as I said before, you can't mix or you don't want to mix the gift of teaching with this person that has this profession of teaching. They may mix. But let's just stop for a moment. Any of you remember back to high school or college, and you had a teacher, let me say it kindly, you had a teacher that didn't have the gift of teaching. Anybody remember? It was miserable. And if you were in college, you always looked and you talked with other students who had been there the year before or whatever in this class, who should I get? What professor should I get? And you wanted somebody that could teach. And then you went and you hoped you got in, but what was the problem? Everybody else wanted the same teacher. Why? Not only they had the profession of teaching, but they had the the gift of teaching. Now, the other people may have been very sincere and whatever, but they probably should have been plumbers or something or whatever. They just 
couldn't communicate. So that's the difficulty. Now, let's go through quickly the characteristics of gift teaching. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Number one characteristic. The person with the gift of teaching loves to spend time studying the word and discovering the facts. 2 Timothy chapter 4. If you look in the Bible, there's so many people with the gift of teaching. Certainly Jesus, obviously, Paul, Timothy, Luke. We'll mention many others as we go through. In the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, in the view of his appearing and his kingdom, Timothy, I, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared. That's what a teacher is. In season, out of season, correct, mute, courage, and great patience, careful instruction. So the person with the gift of teaching, let me just say it like this. If a person really has the gift of teaching in a church, ministry, they are by nature, or they will learn it very early on, self-discipline. You can't have the gift of teaching and go, well, have you been studying for this weekend's class, a Sunday school class, the kids' ministry, the pulpit, whatever? No, I do that in the last 20 minutes before I head off to forget the gift of teaching. So, in other words, if you say, well, I think I really have the gift of teaching. If you're not self-disciplined, then you're going to have to work at it because you have to be self-disciplined. You're the person that's going to motivate you with God to go. So, these kind of people don't have to be encouraged to study. Well, your home group's Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Your wife says to you at 5 o'clock, you ready? No, I'm not ready yet. Guess what will happen in that home group? Nothing. Because you can only wing it so many times. won't happen. So these people love to study the word. Their research is there. Even some of these people love to do word studies. Number two, a strong desire to present truth logically and systematically. Keep your finger right there in Timothy and go to Luke. Luke chapter 1. We'll be right back to Timothy. What do I mean by logically and systematically? It'll make a lot of sense to you when you understand that Luke was a physician. How many of you want a physician that's kind of logically, as logical, and can kind of give you all the, after they look at you, give you all the detail of what's taking place. How many like that? I like that. Once a year, Lyndon, I go into a have a skin deal like you should do. If you live in Florida, I'll just tell you that. You should do it. Lots of people die with melanoma. If you don't have a skin thing, you should have it done. This isn't a medical class that we want you here to teach. So you can just sit there and do nothing when I ask you a question. <laughs> no. So I always have a few little things, nothing, no cancer, whatever, just things burned off. Now, I'd like to go in the doctor and doctor says, well, I've never really done this before. You ready? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what my, my ear's gone. What happened there? Well, I just freeze a little too much. I had a, let's try it on the other side. No, whoa, 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 whoa. So what do you see? Luke already is a logical person. What do you see with a teacher? A teacher is like this. Point one, point two, point three. We're headed to the end. There's a goal in mind. That's a teacher, gift of teaching. They're logical. They think through it. And they're going to move you along to a end point. They're not just storytellers. Because storytellers often are great communicators, but they're not really teachers. 
Now, if you're going to be a great teacher, you're going to have to include some stories because people like that. We'll see that in a moment. But you're going to want to be logical, systematic as you go through. Look at Dr. Luke. You can see how he is. Look at Luke 1. We'll just read the first four verses. Dr. Luke writes it like this. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write to you, notice what kind, an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that, here's the goal, you may know the certainty of the things you have taught. That's it. A person with the gift of teaching is systematic, he's logical, he has points, he's going to research, he's going to do it in an orderly fashion, and when you get through you know you've been taken down a path that that individual had in mind. Now, what's the danger if you're more of a storyteller than you are a teacher in a public setting? It's called rabbit trails. Ever been on one? You hear a guy speak, pretty soon he's off somewhere, and never to return again. We've all been there. Sometimes I can do that. You go, whoa, whoa. And so I try to have points because it brings me back where? Let's get right back to where we were. Okay, So that's the logical, that's the systematic kind of thing that's going to happen. Now, the danger of it is, like this, point one, point two, point three, point four. Amen. <laughs> so all logic, but hello, is there a story in there somewhere? Is there something that can keep my attention? <laughs> I fell asleep at two. And so understand that's what happens. Number three. Turn back to Timothy, you were there, but 1 Timothy is time, 1 Timothy. Saul's problems by starting with scriptural principles. A biblical teacher, Sunday school, wherever. We're talking about a biblical setting, obviously. They're focusing always on the Word of God. That's where they come from. By the way, anybody that counsels in this church, that's where you want to come from. You don't want to just grab a principle out of the air and then try to find a scripture for it. That's the beauty of going through expositionally through the Word of God. So, notice in 1 Timothy chapter 4, notice what Paul says to Timothy, who is a teacher. Verse 12. Don't anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech and life and love and faith and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect, notice, your gift. What did we read back from Paul? Paul says, if you have the gift of teaching, teach. So obviously, Timothy had the gift of teaching. Paul says, don't neglect the gift which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in those matters or full of fervor. Go for it. Give yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. By the way, while you do this, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. There's nothing more devastating in our world, 
And it's hard because we're all humans and we all do fail. All of us are teachers, parents, right on down. We're all teachers. Nothing's more devastating for people that are learning from a teacher to watch a teacher do exactly the opposite that they just taught. And so when a man in the pulpit falls, it's incredibly devastating to a church because that person may have been faithful for many, many years. Remember Jimmy Swagger way back. Tremendous teacher of the word. Boom. What happened? Many people never go back to church again. They're just devastated by that. How can you be teaching me these? I'm writing the notes. It's incredible. It's anointed. But you're not even obeying your own. So notice what Paul says to Timothy. Watch your own life. Because you can't just be this great teacher. And that's what happens. You'll see in a moment. A huge danger of a teacher is pride. Public setting, small setting, whatever. Man, they're here to listen to me. No, they're only here to listen to you if you're teaching truth and you're living truth. That brings up number four. Prefers to use biblical illustration rather than life applications. I'm certainly not God, but what I think you see very often is if in a, in a public setting, a pastor, if a pastor has the gift of teaching, which he should have, and a mixture somewhere in there, obviously, of the gift of exhortation, that's a great blend. You see, a pure teacher without the exhortation They're just going to give you the facts and let you worry about it. Settle it for yourself. All their illustrations are going to be from the Bible. That's good. That's great. I wish I could use more of my illustrations. I used a few with Timothy. But a person with the gift of exhortation and the gift of teaching is not only, notice, not only going to use biblical illustration, but they're going to share a little bit of their own, what? Heart. And I try to do that with you and say, well, sometimes I blow it. I fail. I don't do this, or sometimes I do good. And I try to share not just what David did or what Timothy did, but what I did. It makes it human. You can relate to us. Many of you guys have been to a skin doctor, and you know, when you know they put the little frozen stuff and they just burn all in two to three days, you have a scab and stuff, then you're off and you're done with it. It's cool. But you look like the monster from the galoon or whatever that came through. Those of you that had that, you can relate to it. And we begin to relate to one another. When we see each other, we go, wow, you're just like me. Yeah, that's exactly right. We're all together. So if you're a peer teacher, sometimes you don't relate to the people. You're just giving them biblical facts. They're all true. But in a public setting, not in a classroom, it's much more effective, I believe, to have a little of that gift of exhortation that says to you, come on now, stop and think. we got to get these things out. These people are lost here. And people go, okay, I'll get it. And pretty soon you buy into it, and away you go, and... It changed, and your friend came, and wow. Because why? You personally got involved, and you saw me do the same thing. Hand them out, share, do whatever. Number five, the person with the gift of teaching checks out the teacher. Back in Luke, remember, Luke says, I myself carefully investigated everything. You see, this is very much like the person with the gift of prophecy. See, truth is paramount. So when a teacher hears statements, and if you would be in our living room, and from time to time, not that often, but at least for a long period of time, I'll flip through the channel. Of course, my wife says, where are you flipping to now? None of you men have that problem. You know, you always stay in the same channel the whole time. I'm sure that's true. So I flipped to something. I say, it's in a commercial. Why sit and watch a stupid commercial? So I'm flipping to four things, and I got four programs going. Then I get back to where I was. Well, quite often, I put the religious channel on. I want to see what's happening. So a person that's a teacher will hear these statements and go, What? Are you crazy? 
And you want to say, turn it off, please don't, don't listen to that. Please don't listen to that. Especially if you listen to some of our channels here. A person that's a teacher says, how are you going to prove that? Where'd you find that from? In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked about the gift of teaching. One of the important things he shared is that having the gift of teaching isn't the same as the vocation of teaching. You also learn that having the gift of teaching doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be in front of the congregation like a pastor does. There are many places in the church to use this gift. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. In his next teaching, Pastor Mark will continue talking about the gift of teaching. You'll hear from the Bible about people who had this gift and how they exhibited it. You'll also learn about the many ways this gift is used in the body of Christ, ways you might not have thought of. You'll find out what a teacher is not and the dangers of using this gift without God's help. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Motivational Gifts. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting